Today on City Cash Chicago, you can vote in the municipal election as soon as this Thursday. Are you ready? All nine mayoral candidates just had their first televised debate and the attack ads are picking up. But don't forget, there's a good chance you probably going to have a new older person in your ward. We're getting you up to speed on it all. It's Tuesday, January 24th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. I'm joined by lead producer Carrie Shepard and producer Simone Alisea. Like I said, we're going to be breaking down some stories as we move into the municipal election. Uh, one of those stories is the connection between Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia and former Speaker of the Illinois House Mike Madigan. Uh, if you're not caught up, Mike Madigan is currently set to face trial in a bribery scandal. Madigan allegedly used his long-term political power to help people get jobs, particularly Juan Ochoa and a job on the board of ComEd. Uh, Ochoa's relationship is not only with Mike Madigan, but also Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia, whose entire camp says uh, did not pay for play, had no role in getting this person a job. But if you ask uh, incumbent Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, she's trying to paint this as a huge corruption scandal uh, that connects the congressman to Mike Madigan in more ways than one. And not only did she jump on it in last week's debate, but there was an attack ad that's been running throughout the weekend. I mean, you could not watch CBS, Fox, NBC, Basic Cable, and not see it. Uh, Carrie, Simone, did y'all see this ad? What do we really know about Chewy Garcia? Chewy secretly talked with this crypto crook who stole his customer's life savings, then spent a fortune to re-elect Garcia. Chewy cut deals to help himself with the since-indicted Mike Madigan, even while the disgraced speaker... What did y'all think of that ad? The first thing out of my mouth was going to be that music was irritating, so I can imagine hearing that over and over again over the course of a weekend would grate very quickly. Look, this is obviously... This, this is what Lightfoot's camp has to do. I mean, as Chuy Garcia is obviously the perceived front runner, um, I think that this association is a bit thin. Anybody who's been in politics in our state for, oh, I don't know, a minute in the last 50 years has in Democratic politics has had to has worked with. Uh, former House Speaker Michael Madigan. He has, for years and years and years, was the most powerful politician in the state. Um, and to be clear, the court filing, it says a congressman. It doesn't name Garcia. And also, I think what the implication is that he maybe was going to meet, have a meeting with, Ron, with Juan Ochoa to maybe there's a lot of maybe's to like right, right. possibly discuss his it was a potential meeting the, yes about, about not a even potential about, topic <laughs> it, it wasn't even about the appointment like exactly. if you read the story it was like Ochoa was going to meet with Madigan and a congressman to talk about a political action committee but Madigan misconstrued what it was going to be and thought it was about the appointment so they had to have like a whole other side conversation with some other operatives about the appointment. And so that's where we get this like this reference to congressmen about this potential meeting about something. And wisely, there's no paper trail of like this being on an agenda for any of these politicians. There is an email from Madigan's folks, his lobbyists, to comment about Ochoa's appointment. But I think that the tie to Garcia 
seems a it seems a wee thin right now, basically. It, it feels, and that's a lot of these kind of criticisms that the mayor is lobbying against some of her opponents. They all kind of feel thin, like their reaches in a way, and, and and so it feels like the the caricature uh, style of the commercial had to do so much of the heavy lifting. And I don't know if for, you know, your kind of typical voter, if if any of those connections are actually going to make a difference uh, as we move forward. It's worth noting, too, that that ad has been running for two weeks, actually. So mm-hmm. so so this connection that she's trying to make between the probes surrounding Mike Madigan and, and Chewy Garcia, that's something she's been trying to push off from the jump. And I'll point out, too, in the general election, you know, Republicans tried to say Pritzker, you know, worked with Mike Madigan. Therefore, he is corrupt. Right. Tried to play the same thing. And as we see, it didn't really work. As I'm paying attention to it, you know, if the congressman is unable to pull this out, I don't think it's going to be because of these connections or because of these ads, I think it's going to be because of the congressman's performance, just outright trying to connect to voters, trying to seem like he has relevant solutions. And as uh, the debate happened this past week, you know, Carrie, I know you were watching it as well. You and I were texting as Mm -hmm. it was going on. You know, I I wasn't all that impressed by what I saw from, from most of the candidates, but, but especially the congressperson, we've been having these conversations for weeks about, you know, what what sort of role is everyone trying to feel? And it just feels like the, the congressperson outside of his connections to, you know, Mayor Harold Washington, outside of his work as a, you know, long-term politician over the last 40 years, it really feels like that that's where he's kind of planted his flag. Like, it's not going to be some new burst of charisma or some, you know, some out of left field plans that really motivate people or, or even uniting people across the city. It's really going to be maybe just playing to his base and playing to to the name recognition. And me personally, that doesn't really inspire me. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, Garcia had been like a Bernie Sanders delegate, if I recall, um, in that presidential race. And I think think maybe perhaps he's maybe resting in his laurels of being known as the quote unquote progressive, like you say, like with his connection to the great coalition builder, uh, former Mayor Harold Washington. But I can't help but feel a little like I felt when Governor Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner was running for reelection against Pritzker. It kind of seemed like does he really want to do this <laughs> or is he just doing it because someone's making him do it? And, you know, Garcia is getting on his pro- he's his progressive bona fides like it's a big hit that CTU a huge powerful teachers union and other unions have been supporting Brandon Johnson a Cook County commissioner so that's going to split that vote obviously you have your center or right of center folks like Paul Vallis former CPS head who are very much trying to court the the cops and you know some of the more conservative voters who around the edges of the city some of which some of which districts like went for Trump you know like we we think we're such a democratic stronghold but that is not um always the case so i think that the Brandon Johnson uh, is maybe siphoning off some of those quote unquote progressives. Um, and then Mary Lori Lightfoot, obviously she told the tribe, like, I, I challenge you to find a more progressive candidate than me, which obviously is going to get some pushback from folks.
I'm I didn't watch the debate. I'll admit it. Um, but I am really curious from the two of you who did watch the whole thing. Uh, what was the most surprising bit? Uh, even if you have to dig to find that surprise, what what was sort of the the thing that struck you the most? A more positive surprise for me is I felt like like look, there are nine people up there from various you know offices um, or businessmen you know not currently in political office. I hadn't heard a lot from state rep, rep Cam Buckner. And I did Who got into the race really early, by the way. Exactly. Totally good point. I was like, wait, it's I actually said before the debate, I was like, is he still in it? And I was I was, I guess, surprised by some of the stuff he said about safety on the CTA, especially like there's a lot of like more cops, more cops. And he's like, wait, hold on. This isn't this isn't the answer. Spending 30 million dollars on on security dogs uh, like this is 1960 George Wallace's Alabama is a problem. Uh, we got to find a different way to do this. There are 30,000 cameras on the system that are, aren't connected. We need transit ambassadors. All of this is in my plan. We also talk about a text program so people can talk Honestly, about- Honestly, as much as issues that are going on as much as people are like, wait, there are aldermen in the race maybe? You know, mm-hmm. they do have an advantage when you think about it in that they are more on the ground in city politics than mm. possibly your commissioner or your state rep or state senator or- even more far, even farther out, your businessmen like Willie Wilson or policy wonks like Paul Vallis. I mean, on a not positive note, the sound bites that are coming out of Willie Wilson are, you know, again, I for the people who are considering voting for him, I don't think anything he said is going to change their mind. And for the people who are not going to vote for him, I think they just feel even more uh, certain about that choice. But that line at the end where he said, you know, you know, cops got to be able to hunt criminals like rabbits was whoa mad was was wild. It it is one of those things where, as you're listening to this, you know, again, you you have to take this seriously. This this man is really in people's faces in terms of giving out groceries, giving out gas. You know, a legitimate candidate whose name recognition is is not you know to be taken lightly. But at the same time, it it makes you wonder how, what can he really say at this point. You know, that that is going to shock anyone because he's always been a take the handcuffs off of police kind of individual. And even when he talked about immigration, just this idea of, you know, we can't let anybody in the house that we don't know and, you know, take care of the people at home. You know, that plays to someone. We got people right here in Chicago um, cannot pay rent, don't have food to eat, don't have a place to live. I got nothing against helping anyone. But you got to look at home first. I. I, I look, uh, I cannot let anybody in my home unless I know who they are. You know, but, you know, face value. Oh, ludicrous. <laughs> but I have to ask, Carrie, coming out of it, how did you feel about uh, Mayor Lightfoot? I mean, I guess I thought she would. I, You know, obviously it's set up like this. She was on the defense, right? Like, I've done all these things you've said. And, you know, she's not completely wrong that there are some very between Congressman Garcia and you know, his safe public safety plan is is a bit has some reminiscent ideas, at least of what of what the the mayors are. Um, so I thought that she would be a little more fiery, especially with Garcia. But I thought it was a bit tepid, frankly. I mean, there weren't really huge fireworks anywhere. It was, it, it it kept on everybody kept on message. 
And, you know, it, it, I didn't find that there were any, like, big bombshells dropped. From the mayor's race to our individual wars to talk about uh, the race for alder people across the city, nearly one third of, of all alder people are stepping down, meaning uh, many of us are going to be voting for a new person. I live in a ward, the fourth ward, where Sophia King is running for mayor. And so I have six or seven candidates to pick from. Uh, but Carrie, what are some interesting uh, races that you're watching? I am watching a few. So I think the first ward, which is an area that has had a ton of development in recent years or recent decades, but which is, um, you know, parts of Logan Square. It's Wicker Park. It's part of West Town. Daniel Espada is the incumbent. He unseated Joe Proco Moreno, was alderman who then went on to get into some legal trouble. And he's jumping back in the race, uh, which is interesting. But you also have Sam Royko, and many longtime Chicagoans would know Royko for the last name Royko because his dad was the longtime columnist Mike Royko. Um, also the 11th, which is a, a race that we have covered here on CityCast Chicago. So that was a, for years and years and years, a daily stronghold and a daily held that seat until he was convicted um, of a corruption-related charges. Nicole Lee, who is a who grew up in Chinatown in the 11th Ward and has seen, we've started to see some of the shifting in that ward from less Bridgeport Irish white daily machine to, you know, being a little bit maybe more representative of the people who live there. Mayor Lightfoot actually appointed her, but now she's actually up. Um and then the other one is 14th, which is a long time. Ed Burke, 50 years or something, he's been city council. He's also facing charges and corruption-related um, activity, if you if you will, uh, and is a, was the longtime head of the very powerful finance committee. Another ward that has the demographics have shifted more Latino, shifted more Latino, so we're seeing, you know, maybe more Latino representation in some of these wards for, you know, that represent the actual, the population of those wards. Having a bunch of new aldermen, though, sort of in the aggregate is going to be really interesting to watch how that changes the way city council acts, interacts, right? Um, along with, I mean, you know, I think p there is a real good chance that Lori Lightfoot doesn't win re-election. So it's also possible we get a new mayor on top of that. Um that's going to do a lot to how fast does legislation move, what kinds of legislation gets priority, what kinds of action gets priority, and how much, um, and also just kind of how spicy city council is going to be. You know, yeah. with, with yeah. new people, are we going to see more more disagreements, sort of more parliamentary maneuvering that is basically passive aggressive disagreement? You know what I mean? Like once once the election dust settles, what does this actually mean for like? how things get decided and what actions the city takes and what changes we will see. I think what's always interesting, particularly about these races, as you look across just the um, the different amount of work you have to do from one war to the next, whereas you might be in a war where one person is running versus a war where there are 11 people running. And even as I looked into my war, and I'm just like, there's some of these names, obviously I've never even seen before, but some jump out, right? So in my war, Prentice Butler, who is Sophia King's chief of staff is running. Lamont Robinson, who's a state representative is running. And then Ebony Lucas, who is a, it's an individual who's ran 
three times already in this war. And, and so just knowing the, the research that has to go into figuring out who each of these people is, you feel like, you know, a small group of people are going to pick who their alder person is when you just think about turnout in addition to how much is are people paying attention to them. The flip side of that, though, is your vote matters yeah. more in these races. Yeah, exactly. Your individual mm-hmm. vote. Like, you could be part of that small group that picks who's going to lead your ward and what, what's going what's gonna to happen there. Um, so there's, there's sort of two sides to that coin, I think. For more on automatic races across the city, tune in to Hey Chicago, our daily newsletter. If you haven't subscribed, please visit chicago.citycast.fm. Get yourself, your friends, all of your family signed up for the best newsletter in Chicago. Uh, thank you, lead producer Carrie Shepard and producer Simone Alisea, uh, for this little, uh, you know, this little uh, breakdown. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Plans to move 250 migrants into a shuttered elementary school in Woodlawn has been delayed after community members voiced concerns with the lack of transparency. Now, the plan was to move the migrants in yesterday, but the city says another public meeting will be held, though they didn't provide an exact date. University of Illinois Chicago faculty members returned to the classroom after a four day strike as a tentative deal was reached that includes increases to minimum salaries and promises to provide more mental health and learning resources for students. My people in the 10th Ward on the southeast side an aldermanic form is being held tomorrow at 530 at the all Gale Murray Community Center. And some good news to get you through. Actually, you tell me. Each day I come on here and I give you a little bit of joy from my world or around the city, but we wanna know what is making you happy, making you proud or excited for our city or yourself. Something like this. Hey, this is Simone Avisea coming from Uptown and my good news that I wanna share is a shout out to my little cousin Isai. He showed me all of his really cool art and even gave me a piece to take home. I love seeing a young person finding out what they're good at and really going for it. And I hope everybody gets to feel a little bit of that in their lives. Leave us a voicemail at 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and some good news. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Peace. I'm joined today by Lou, Louis, Louis. I was doing good. All right. Who's Louis? Jo- oh, we not even Louis? we not even recorded. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I was gonna say lewd producer. I don't Lou? know how that because I was saying producer <laughs> and Lee. <laughs> God, I hope that's not a thing. <laughs> lewd.